Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 222 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech deals and paranormal primer stuff. First things first, Angelo, 222, a third of the way to your favorite number, 666. How do you feel about that? Which band did the 666 music? Can't remember. Was it all the metal <laughs> I mean, bands? Iron Maiden, right? Oh, it was Iron Maiden. The number yes. of the beast. Okay, that's is that it. Who you're thinking I, of? Yeah, I, I was never much of an Iron Maiden guy. So really, I'm surprised. There's like dueling guitars and stuff. I thought you'd enjoy that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should go into it and listen to it. like at the time because is Iron Maiden still a thing? No, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I saw them 2019 at the Bell Center. Twenty thousand people cheering. How old are they? They're in their late 50s, early 60s. So they oh, they, they started have, really young then. Well, their teens, early 20s, yeah. Oh, okay, so they were really young. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so uh, what you're telling me is that you want listeners to share their favorite Iron Man songs with you. I guess, talking. yeah, that's exactly what I want. I, why was I thinking Megadeth? Do they have also a 666 well, song? They have, well, no, they have uh, Holy Wars, The Punishment D. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. Okay. Dave Mustaine is the devil, though, so. <laughs> I um, I knew someone who worked in Dave's camp for years and years, and I... Legally, I can't tell those stories, but they are very fascinating. <laughs> Double density. Angela, the, uh, the contact form is, is doing numbers. It's doing Iron Man numbers, as we say in the biz. Firstly, I want to read a couple. So uh, let us flip through um, some of the listener feedback we got this week. The first one is from Gareth. Gareth says, I've been catching up on episodes from the past few weeks, and this form keeps coming up. So I figured I'd see what all the excitement is about. Pretty nice form. Well, carry on. Thank you, Gareth, for testing out the form function on our website. Compliments are always appreciated. You accept that. The administration accepts compliments, right? Yeah. We have a suggestion box, too. A virtual suggestion box, yeah. essentially, yeah. Yeah, basically. Next up, we have Nick. So Nick last week uh, was uh, severely injured, right, by Formula One form. He is back in fighting form this week, and he emails us with, Hi, Brian and Angelo. I have a tech slash true crime question for you. If the Quebec biker war happened in the current day rather than circa 1994 to 2002, would technology have changed the outcome or duration of hostilities? Would the rock machine, being the smallest of the belligerent parties, have leveraged technology to gain the upper hand on the Hells Angels and law enforcement? Would law enforcement have used modern surveillance technology to quell the fighting easy earlier? I mostly direct this question to Angelo due to his well-known history with the outlaw biker scene. Thanks again, Nick in Colorado. So firstly, Angelo is wearing his leather jacket. Uh, I can't see any of the patches as of now, but Angelo, what, what are the patches on your, your leather jacket? I'm hiding the 1% badge. <laughs> <laughs> I, would love to figure out, I would love to figure out how you get jumped into one of these biker gangs. I don't know. I was actually. I don't think you. Do, I don't think you do well with bloodshed. You're like a, a little bit of a germaphobe, right? So I feel like not really. Not. Hmm. I mean, it used to be way worse. I think. I think I used to play it up more than anything because oh, I, I mean, right. come on. I've had kids. I clean cat litter, right? Like I, right. I, I deal with germs all the time. So but I, I feel I, like you're a more relaxed individual in general. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's <laughs> it's because the biker war is over. <laughs> you're good yeah so the quebec biker wars of course with the hell's angels and rock machine claimed a, a number of lives here in quebec um in the mid 90s into the early 2000s next question is super interesting and first i want to hear your take then i'm going to share some tangential thoughts well first of all my question for nick is i think he's from colorado how does he know about the biker wars i guess was it with it was like worldwide news or is he just for, he, did he just move to colorado and is from quebec that is question maybe nick will use the form to let us know yeah be great uh, right, so let us talk about uh, bike war and modern technology. What do you think? Well, I was thinking about this, and I wonder, would they just be using dumb phones because there's always a way to track smartphones? So I, I think they would have tried to actually keep it as low-tech as possible on their end to prevent them from being tracked. And I'm assuming that's how, like, I watch TV shows. I, I saw The Wire. 
I know what Stringer Bell used to do when he'd get a new phone, right? He'd like he'd hide it and then break the SIM card and stuff, right? So Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you can still buy a burner, right? Yeah, you can still buy a burner thing, right? Like they wouldn't have like a bell account. <laughs> no. Uh I think law enforcement also use air tags, right? Oh yeah, they would just throw air tags at them. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah, just put them on their biker uh on their biker bikes. <laughs> I don't know if the hostilities would have ended earlier. I think they would have been more protracted, probably less bloody. Um, given the modern advances in technology and the way in which no one necessarily wants to attract attention when there's a you know a warring uh, a set of bikers going at it with each other. Do you think there'll be they'd be more of a cyber war aspect to it? You're just trying to picture a bunch of dudes in a clubhouse just typing away. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's still you know I think I think biker gang warfare is still a body to body kind of thing. It's probably still going on now, just to a much lesser extent. I would want to believe that, but I also want to believe the fact that everyone's in the business of making money, right? So the less people you kill, the more money you can make as long as you reach some kind of resolution that makes everyone happy. That makes a lot of sense. And the thing with the biker war is they tried to keep it amongst themselves as much as possible. Yeah, but unfortunately civilians got in the way Of course. Yeah, that that happened anyway. Sort of tangential, Angelo. When I say the words bad blood, what do you think? And you're going to say Taylor Swift, I know, probably. (laughs) You read my mind. Yeah, the first thing he said, that or Theranos. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, okay. So, Taylor Swift, Theranos. Let's talk about a Canadian TV show called Bad Blood. Does that mean anything to you? I think it came up. Is it about hockey? No, it's about uh, it's about Vito Rizzuto, the uh, Montreal Mafia man. And uh, there's a biker um, uh, gang element to that, too. So, it's a two-season show that aired um i want to say six years ago so 27 in 2018 but here's the confusing part right angelo so they deal with the mafia there's some you know biker gangs mixed in there uh kim Coates plays the main character the first season is based on a book it's based in real fact it's based on the Rizzuto family the uh construction woes that quebec faces because of course we pay um, lots of taxes in order for men to line their pockets uh, by running up construction costs. But the second season, Angelo, is completely fictional. Oh, I've never heard of another TV show do that, where the first season is based on quote-unquote true events, and the second season is just entirely made up. Did, like, was there a zombie outbreak? Aliens? No, no. Nothing not, cool not even. Like that's that. the weird part. Oh, that's that's the super confusing part, is that they just <laughs> decided, you know what, we've done enough reality. Season two, we're going to do this. Fully fictionalized. Have you ever seen the movie Money Plane? Money Plane? No, it is a... Oh, boy. Okay. I need to take a breath here. So let me just regain my composure. Angela, Money Plane is a 2020 movie um, directed and written by one of the Lawrence brothers, right? The Joey Lawrence, et cetera. Um, So this is Andrew Lawrence who directed it and wrote the screenplay. Um, It's got the uh, WWE wrestler The Edge as the main character. Okay. It has Kelsey Grammer. As uh, Darius Emmanuel Grudge III, a.k.a. The Rumble. What a, a stupid name. And then it's got like Thomas Jane, Denise Richards, uh, a bunch of other people. But the whole reason I bring this up is because at one point at the end of the movie, there is a drone with a handgun just shooting at people, right? And I feel like that kind of technology would make sense in a biker war. That was a really roundabout way to get there, but I agree. Oh, I just wanted to know people how, like, tell people how like ridiculous the concept of the movie was by the way they uh gamble illegally on the money plane the money is on the plane it's money plane okay no snakes though no i mean that's a uh in older style of plane right this is newer okay okay and also like it's so if anyone's ever seen it let me know 
double underscore density on over on Twitter, or you can use the, uh, the contact form. I can't believe I just said that, but, uh, it is a very confusing movie, Angelo. And, uh, there's like a one point where it almost feels like a hostel cause they pay, like you can bet on who's going to like live in like one of these torture rooms or how long they're going to live for. Like, it's so stupid. <laughs> So Melissa from Colorado writes, thanks for answering my last question. Smiley face. What is the earliest cryptid that you know of? Dragons, perhaps? Take care of you, Melissa from Colorado. Oh, Angelo's got his thinking face on. He just looked up. I love this. Dragons is a really good one. Yeah. There must have been some other mythical beasts, right? Like, Well, it says cryptids, right? Not necessarily a mythical beast. All right. It's true. Uh, unicorns? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, one of the earliest ones, and this is really stupid, but it's because of Unsolved Mysteries, like we talked about last week, but the, the Patterson Gimlin Bigfoot film, I remember Unsolved Mysteries covering that. And I remember being like three or four and it's sticking to my brain. Okay. So that's like your earliest cryptid. Yeah. One of my earliest cryptids. Yeah. I guess dragons would be, um, up there. Yeah. Huh. Did you see Netflix remo- like released a movie called Chupa? Yeah. Ch- Chupa. That, that, that may be something for us to watch. Starring your friend of mine, Christian Slater. Yeah, that'll be something for us to maybe talk about on the show. But yeah, so Chupacabra is one of the later ones for me. And I would say, in terms of things I've heard of, yeah, Bigfoot, unicorns, dragons, dinosaurs. (laughs) It's a dinosaur cryptid, Angela. Dinosaurs kind of freak me out, right? Because why are we so small and they were so big and we all take part of the same Earth? What an interesting concept. Do you think the Earth is only 6,000 years old, Angela? Were the dinosaur bones planted to to trick us as a test? Oh, that's 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 one of the the many games that we're going to play here uh, okay. with with this. Uh, we're getting into dangerous territory there, Brian. Politics and religion. Are. So I'm going with Bigfoot. You're going with dragons and unicorns. Uh, so yeah, that is it. Case closed. Thank you once again, Melissa. And as always, if you want to send us any listener mail, if you want to ask us questions, make fun of us, you can head over to DoubleDensity.net, click on the contact form, and uh, let Angelo know what you're eating for dinner. Please be nice. Now, Angelo, before you mention movies, let's get into a movie we both watched recently. Tetris. Tetris, the Apple Plus movie starring Taron Egerton as Hank Rogers, the American businessman who brought Tetris to the masses. Blocks falling from the sky. He has to save the earth. Amazing. Pixels 2. Sorry, Adam Sandler. So, Brian, what did you think? Did Tetris? You? Yeah. The movie. Deeply disappointing. Oh, no. That's too bad. So think about this, right? And obviously, this is a spoiler-laden review, so if you're not planning on watching Tetris, skip on over to the paranormal side of things. But if you either don't care or have seen Tetris, then stick around with us, I would say, right? Definitely. That's the whole point of this. So, yeah, Tetris, disappointing. They could have done a big, short-style movie, like one of those Adam McKay productions where you kind of walk through conceptual stuff, right? I thought that would have been a better take. Instead, we got something that is closer to like a direct-to-video C-rated thriller, I Really? Would say. You feel that? strongly about it and that it's that bad the embellishments the well, okay the chases, embellishments the, are are crazy the kgb woman kissing hank rogers all of this other stuff the constant threats of physical violence the people calling hank rogers's wife in japan and threatening her it does not seem uh uh 
plausible. And I know that both of them uh, had seen the script and had suggestions to make, but not all of them, of course, were implemented. Because how do you make a movie like this interesting, right? Because I just feel like it's a lot of bureaucracy, right? So it's a bunch of Americans and a bunch of British people want to get together. Um, there's some conflicting views. They want to buy the rights to Tetris. How do you go about that? I feel like an Adam McKay-style, big, short-style movie would have been way more interesting than, uh, you know, a John McCarry knockoff. I feel they really uh, kind of went overboard with everything. So even just thinking about the end, the idea of the creator of Tetris having a car chase through the streets of Moscow was pretty funny. The thing is, is I kind of enjoyed the movie, Brian. The beginning was a little too slow, and I was getting very nervous in the first 20 minutes that, oh, no, this is going to be a slog. But then it kind of got entertaining. I did laugh at the fact that there's no chance he would have walked in on the president of Nintendo and handed him a game that would then just work on the guy's computer. Um, Yamauchi was known to not like just see people like that. He was uh, not the easiest person to deal with. Also, apparently he didn't play games. Literal and figurative. Also, I love the, the, the white room where Howard Lincoln was there, like working on the game boy. Uh, Howard Lincoln wasn't doing that. So from what I understand, Hank Hank had a working relationship with Nintendo already prior to this. Um, I, there was some I can't remember what it is, but there was an RPG that he had created. Well, no, they he had he had bonded with uh, with Yamauchi over Go, right? Like because he had made a Go game, a yeah. bu- bulletproof was it bulletproof software? Bulletproof software, yeah. But he also made some kind of RPG from what I remember for the, like the PC and the Famicom prior to this. So he is no stranger to video games. Not at all. No, he's he was at uh, like the whole thing at the CES. I think that did happen. I don't think he had the idea of packaging it with the Game Boy. No, I don't. That, that seems so a little I think that too was a Nintendo ploy of trying to figure out how to get more people involved. And that whole marketing thing of because you know once again spoiler, but saying like Super Mario Land will attract kids was his pitch versus like if you get Tetris, you attract everyone. Yeah. And that is true. That Tetris is definitely one of the reasons the Game Boy did as well as it did. Of course. The, their war with uh, Atari was kind of funny because that did happen, right? Tengen. Tengen? Tengen or Tengen? How is that pronounced? I'm going with Tengen. Okay. They did like reverse engineer Nintendo cartridges to get them to work on the NES illegally. They had the, te- the the Atari seal of approval or the Tengen seal of approval, but not, not the Nintendo one. So that was a big problem. And they had the rights. The, the rights for Tetris are a bit bonkers, that story in and of itself. I think the gaming historian documentary about this is a lot better than the movie, though. As much as I, I did enjoy the movie. I know. So you're, what did you enjoy I'm, with the movie? Let's talk about that. It I'm was just curious. fun. It was silly and fun, and it entertained me for an hour and a half. But does it bother you that this is based on a true story when it's actually like kind of like half the true story? Like how close do you fall into one of those like biopics to you? Like how, what, what matters to you most in a biopic? The story or the truth? A bit of both. And it, it happens, right? I, I liked the, the, was it, was it about Queen or was it about Freddie Mercury? The documentary. What we will, uh, uh, the Queen? Yeah, well, I guess movie? it was about Queen, right? Like yeah, a lot Queen, of that, yeah. a lot of that stuff didn't happen. No, that was still an entertaining movie, and I, I guess a little bit more based in reality. Uh, I just saw the Elvis movie, Brian. <laughs> a Flemish man's feverish two and a half hour dream. This is the thing. You send me a text. You say I watched the Elvis movie. It wasn't that bad? And I said, Angela, did you watch it in one sitting? You said no. So I think that actually makes all of the difference. Yes, that does help. The movie didn't feel like it was 
long. It's two two forty one, I think. Yeah, and it didn't feel that way. Even though I did watch in two sittings, the two sittings were quick. I learned a lot about Elvis. Do you believe it all? Do you believe that he actually was a messiah to the people of color around him? That so something that we've never done on the show and in the paranormal section. Well, we've talked about rock and roll mysteries. Elvis, and I think we touched about. We talked like, about Elvis a little bit. When there, I yeah. was growing up, that was a big thing. People used Elvis to have Elvis sightings. Yeah. That was a huge thing. That was basically half of the National Enquirer. Tell me where Elvis is right now. Close your eyes. Use some remote viewing skills that I know that you have in the back of your brain. Where is Elvis right now? Even if he had lived past the 70s, at this point, with the way he treated himself, he'd be dead. Elvis is actually um, relocated the to planet. Sedona. No, he relocated. Yeah, with Poochie, the dog. Yeah. Okay. So he's in Sedona. Yeah. He's crystal pilled. He's, you know, uh, he has slimmed down. He's doing well. Okay. He is old as bricks. Now, getting back to Tetris. Yes. A lot of the stuff is crazy. There's yes. a lot of spy thriller type stuff that definitely which, did not happen. Which is not, yeah, exactly. Like he wasn't warned off. Like there weren't, yeah, obviously people were listening in, but it was more of a bureaucratic, boring thing. Like he was, um, like Hank Rogers had said, like he, and you see this in, I think there's a BBC documentary from like 20 years ago that talks about this too, but like there's actual footage of him on that plane after he escapes. Like the agents weren't looking for him. He had a peaceful plane ride home. Also, I don't think his tour guide turned out to be a KGB officer. Is that true? She was. She was. Okay, so that part is true. was, but it was kind of known the entire time. Okay. He knew the entire time that she was KGB. Okay. Th- that- and there's no romantic subplot. Okay, yeah. Well, and there wasn't really much of a romantic subplot there. Like he, no, he, but she tried to kiss he, him, and he said, oh, I have a wife. Yeah, he so. was very faithful to his wife. Problematic. Very, very problematic. He's lived in Japan all this time. His kids are Japanese. Does he not speak Japanese? He does speak Japanese. Remember okay. in one of the scenes, he talks to the employees. And he gets one word wrong, but the rest of his Japanese is pretty good. Okay. From what I understand. Okay. There's just, that whole thing was a bit strange, but. Angela, let's talk about the elephant in the room that you may not even realize is an elephant. Hank Rogers had some enemies, right? A nemesis on the horizon. Robert Maxwell and his son. Yeah, they're real people. Robert Maxwell, of course. Angela, do you know who he is? Yeah, he he was, he was in charge. He's like the, he was like, sort of like Rupert Murdoch before Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, but more interestingly, right, uh, perhaps the Mossad agent, allegedly, but also Angelo, uh, father to Glenn Maxwell. That's true. Of course, uh, Glenn Maxwell infamously is in jail right now for a litany of crimes. Not a great uh, family. The, the no. son was annoying in this movie. He was. But yeah, so Glenn Maxwell, of course, um, you know, uh, some might say a madam to Jeffrey Epstein, right? Interesting There's a lot of collusion there. Very interesting stuff. We did an episode on Jeffrey Epstein, I think, in, in late, I want to say middle to late 2020. A lot of interesting stuff there. You can go ahead and read up. Uh, also uh, died, right, while he was out on his boat, the Ghislaine. Named after his daughter? That is correct. That's weird. So people uh, speculating that maybe it was uh, suicide, but a lot of people are saying, no, he was probably, probably killed. So he was, he was a possible spy. Uh, for Israel, yes. Yeah. His hair was very black. He looked like a. It was. He looked like an overweight Steven Seagal. For which a second, what, I thought that's which who was is playing what him. made me think of this movie a little bit, right? Because it felt one of those like direct to to video Steven Seagal films, and also Steven Seagal, of course, what is he like an emissary to Russia right now? Right? He's friends oh, that's with Putin. True. Oh yeah. Um. So that all comes kind of full circle here. But yeah, I thought the most interesting person in the movie was you know Robert Maxwell, uh, alleged Mossad agent, um, man who birthed a woman who got a lot of young women trapped in a lot of different webs of deceit and lies 
Anyways, fun times ahead. Yeah, that was. Uh, he was also a seeker of Tetris. <laughs> yeah, they were all seekers of Tetris, really. Uh, did you ever play Hattress? No, that was dumb. <laughs> yeah, which was a. Uh, but you know, Alexei Pajdanov did also have a, an active hand in Hattress. So just weird. So they. So the ending is sort of real, right? He did finally move, and. Yeah, they opened of, the, the, the Tetris company, right? Yeah. To control the rights. And ever since then, the Hank Rogers and, and Alexei Pajanov have been controlling the IP, as we like to say in the biz. Yeah, they've done well for themselves. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm going to give it two and a half stars out of five. Okay, I'd say I'd give it three and a half to four. Yeah, that is fair. I'm curious to see if anyone else has seen the Tetris movie. Let us know. Um, if you've seen Rocket Man, right? The Elton John biopic star and Tar- Taron Egerton, you can also let us know. Uh, double underscore density over on Twitter. Double density podcast, gmail.com. Is that going to be a double- thing? biopics what doing biopics yeah, yeah maybe angela let us head on over to the paranormal side where i want to talk to you about something very big very scary very unknown Welcome back to Double Density, and as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So, Angelo, I want you to look to your left. I want you to look to your right. I want you to take a look, see whether or not there are any weird structures around you, my friend, because we're talking about monoliths. I completely forgot about these, Brian. <laughs> Everyone did. They were such a weird thing happening at the end of 2020 after all kinds of weird things happening, but they all got sort of lost in the shuffle, and in my head, it ended up being solved as being a viral marketing for some sort of movie but that's not the case at all because i looked this up today and this hasn't really been solved nobody's ever really come forward some people seem to have come forward but mostly are probably lying about it yeah but these things showed up everywhere so this is i I definitely agree and this is something that came up because i saw um i can't remember what it was it was either on reddit or via twitter um so you know if you recently tweeted this out or posted a reddit article about this i appreciate you thank you um (laughs) but i sent you a website called monolithtracker.com which is very interesting gives a timeline of different uh different monoliths yeah unfortunately not all of the web pages work currently i don't know what's going on right here yeah i had some Um, trouble with it yeah i don't know what's going on i've tried playing with it but uh some interesting stuff you know a lot of different monoliths out there in the world and uh you know uh, i think in the shuffle of the desire to talk about the turbulent times of 2020 yeah this was kind of pushed away to the side right and and i spent a lot of time looking it up like what happened who are these monoliths and uh there's no good reason out there so these things would show up, the, the most prominent ones, and probably because they were the first ones, the, we, we did touch upon it on the show, there was the one in Utah, and mm-hmm. some sleuths online discovered that it actually had been there since 2016. Then a week later, after that one kind of disappeared after a few weeks, a week after that, one showed up in Europe, and then yep. disappeared after a week or two, yep. without a trace. Romania, and then California. So I really thought this was solved as some sort of marketing campaign for something. And that's not the case at all. No, that's the thing is that like they've continued onwards into 2021 and into part of 2022. So I just, I don't get it. And now they stopped there. There's still some of these structures remaining. I've not seen anything recent. Um, and obviously like these re- like structures were like kind of like reflective and stuff. So I haven't seen anyone um, go in on the entirety of them. Right. Yeah. Because 
some people thought it was by a specific artist who would do work like this, but it turned out that artist had died in 2011. So it would be even weirder still if it was him, because then it'd be a ghost. <laughs> well, I remember at the time we talked about the idea that uh, aliens are, are a thing, right? Well, because there was one of the monoliths that came up that had the words, look up at the sky, that came up, yeah. uh, that was written on it, and that is sort of ominous. Yeah, I agree. I wonder if it's sort of like a crop circles thing, right? Somebody sees crop circles and then it goes from a couple of hoaxers making crop circles every once in a while to dozens and dozens of them all over the world and independently of each other, not knowing each other, they're just doing all the same thing because somebody else started it. It's just in kind of a copycat kind of... That just points the true believers to say, well... No, it can't be just one person doing this because, look, they're all over the world. But the obvious solution is that humans like copying each other. Yeah. I, uh, we talked about Mount Shasta a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. I did some research, and unfortunately, like, there's, not, there's not much there. And I, I know we want to talk about the – there's like a lost city in Mount Shasta. So I'm going to be doing a little bit of research on that uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, no monoliths right now on Mount Shasta, which is the good news, for, I guess, or the bad news. I'm not quite sure which way to take it. Was there one on Mount Shasta? There's not. Oh, too bad. Because, like, that would be a great place, because that place is weird. <laughs> I mean, like, listen, like, the Rock of Gibraltar, right, is kind of the most famous monolith in the world, the largest, right? I wonder how the rock, very old school. Like, I wonder how it feels about these upstart young uh, baby monoliths. Well, especially if they're reflective and silver. Yeah, versus this is just a huge kind of hanging out. And, I mean, the Rock of Gibraltar is not man-made, is it? No. Okay, yeah. You, you, I thought monoliths had to be man-made. Or alien. Like, how do we define a monolith? Let's start with that, I think. Let's like to... Let me use the internet, right, to define a monolith. Well, I mean, it's it's two words. Mono meaning one. Lith meaning uh, structure. <laughs> I'm Are you that using up. your art history degree here? Right yeah, here? I can't remember what lith means, but it's something. <laughs> I would say, like, uh, you know, it's an upright block of stone, right? Yeah. Uh, 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 shaped or has been shaped by nature or man. There's one on the moon, with monkeys around it. <laughs> what about the face? Movie. What about the face? That's on Mars. There's a uh, the face on on the moon's south pole, which is what I was thinking about, right? So uh, it was like ten years ago. Oh, I don't right? remember the, the face on Mars is the more well known one, the Cydonia one, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a Muse song about. It. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually. Uh, what did I hear? The like Muse song did I hear? I heard Madness. Is that one of their songs? I don't know, but Muse is into aliens and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard I heard Madness for the first time in forever. Okay. Would you ever want to visit any of these structures, Angela? Like, how do you feel? Like, you know, you live near, next to a mount, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I mean, you sent me structure. that thing. You sent me that uh, that story from Instagram about... Uh, well, the funny thing is, it was the Tourism Board of Quebec, like an official entity reporting on the fact that, like... like yeah, well, there's <laughs> like an alien scene on, on, the, on the lake, and you said, time for a road trip. And, of course, I sent you pictures of myself and my kids hanging out that lake. But you weren't looking for that, were you? No. Well, we know. Well, like, there you go. Years and years ago, my wife saw a UFO on the on that mountain, right? Like she saw lights and and things happening, and people were freaking out because they were they were looking at her, her and her friends. And then it was uh, it was actually a, a hoax, a radio hoax, radio station hoax. Remember, remember radio stations, Brian? I do. Fortunately slash unfortunately, do you remember um... laughter? Well, firstly, but the movie Mission Impossible 2, right? Because I'm just thinking of, what is it, Ayers Cliff or Ayers Rock, right, in Australia? I think that's where they filmed the, the first part where he's just jumping on motorcycles and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that was the John Woo one, right? Where 
Yes. The, Ethan Hunt the, turned into like a crazy superhero. Yeah, the dense, stupid, overly long movie with Tandy Newton. Yeah, and I didn't uh I didn't like that. The only thing the only good that came from that is the Limbiscuit song, right? Any Limbiscuit song is a good song. <laughs> Do you know the song I'm talking about? Take a look around. N- I possibly like i try to we forgot to mention this during the tech part but you you recently you walk at atari now you just bought a new brand new amp which i see right next to you um, that's, unless that's the, the old one that's the old one yeah that's the old one okay yeah uh, maybe you can learn take a look around oh that's by the band limbiscuit yeah west borland excellent guitarist he is he yeah, is he was good yeah i think the worst part about limbiscuit was fred durst yeah of course just, the lyrics are just just a douchebag did we talk about fred durst last week i can't remember have we mentioned him we talked about him. Uh, I pitched uh, a, a story, or rather a list, to a publication that was rejected, uh, which was the 13 worst Limbiscuit songs. Oh. <laughs> and uh, the first one isn't one that you think of at all, ever, but it is truly awful. It is a song from their EP, The Unquestionable Truth, from 2005. It's called The Priest, and it's about child molestation and also Fred wanting to become a monster and a priest. Okay, good for him. I'll include a link in the show notes to the genius page where the lyrics reside. So you can go ahead and read along as you listen to the worst Limp Bizkit song. I'm sure that if Fred Durst came across one of these monoliths, he'd want it. He'd ask people to break it for him. You think so? Yeah. Just break, break stuff. Yeah. Like uh, the devil's tower, right? The closing hand is the third kind rock. That's a cool one. I, for some reason, I'm thinking the the Georgia Guidestones, but they're not monoliths, but it's just... No, but I mean, they're a structure, right? Like, or structures, mini structures. They've been destroyed, haven't they? Or something's happened to them, unfortunately. Yeah, so they got destroyed in 2022. Apparently, an explosive device on July 6th, 2022 was detonated at the site, destroying the uh, uh, Swahili Hindi language slab and causing significant damage to the capstone, which is unfortunate because it looks really, really cool. Double density. Let us talk about monolithtracker.com, though. So they have a classification system that I want to go through, Angela. I wanted you to think about this. You ready? Yeah. They have, <laughs> for, sorry, but like one of the things that made me laugh is there's like S tier. Yeah, you got to list the S tier. They're like video game analogies. So the weird thing is if you go ahead and click on the uh, – so this was originally – the classification system was originally created on uh, a server called Utah Monolith, which has been banned because it's been unmoderated. Uh, and it was recently banned three months ago as of this recording, so um, April 9th, 2023. Uh, kind of interesting. Anyways, the classification system S-tier, Angelo, significant monoliths, well-made with zero explanation of appearance. I like that. This one, this is, would be the ones we're talking about, right? The one in Romania, the one in Utah. Next up, P-class, possible, uh, possibly significant monoliths, well-made, but with little information or some evidence that suggests a knockoff slash generally less mystery than an S-class monolith. So a second-tier monolith. Q-class, interesting, questionable monoliths, not confirmed to be knockoffs, but likely considering the origin of or appearance of the monolith. K-class, known origin, monoliths with little mystery surrounding them due to their known origin. So something I think like the rocket Gibraltar, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, my favorite, though, is the U-class for unconfirmed monolith, usually reported directly or on social media. Pixar didn't happen. F-class forgery, previously listed uh, monolith as a class U or other classification that was exposed as a forgery. I read that quickly and saw Fulgurdy. Oh, like a Green's Clearwater yeah. revival style, yeah. yeah. They had monoliths. Like got a bad moon, the, the song Bad Moon Rising is all about a monolith rising. Yeah, there's a the bathroom on the hell. right. <laughs> I do like that theory, though. But yeah, I, uh, I'm i kind of curious uh, if anyone has seen any monoliths or if they're um, sort of hanging out, hanging around, thinking about monoliths. You know, do you live near one? How do you feel about monoliths? Do they have uh, untold power, right? Like, um, 
what are you know like magical properties that is a thing that uh, can come into contact with uh, certain spaces i really wish this was a mystery that was solved though because it's kind of just left hanging there and sort of sadly forgotten let's talk about the cousin of the monolith the obelisk angela right the the large stone rectangle right uh, the the slimmer cousin of the monolith i'd say they're real life safe points yeah, there's some, uh, there's ancient Roman ones, there's Byzantine ones, right? There's a, a whole whack of them, right? So, you know, there's one in Constantinople, which is uh, interesting. Um, you just like saying Constantinople. I do like saying it. I don't get to say it enough in my life. Uh, kind of interesting, right? So I don't know. Um, there's a high point monument in New Jersey, which I also have seen in real life. I don't know. Have you seen any uh, obelisks? How, like, what is more ominous, right? A monolith or an obelisk? Well, is, so the Washington Monument, is that an obelisk or a monolith uh that's obelisk. an obelisk right that's, that's shape obelisk, yeah okay. it's usually pointed at the top exactly okay so if aliens were to fall unfortunately if they fell they could be impaled have you seen have you been to washington dc no okay. i am not allowed oh okay i don't want to talk about it on this podcast but uh yeah from, you know from uh, your days uh, as a biker and the wars you started. <laughs> no, I've, I've never been to, to Washington, D.C. It is one, on, one of the many things I'd like to do. Instead, I'm going to Disney World, Angelo. Uh, we're going to have to talk about this on the show. I know. I realize that I've subjected myself to an episode because uh, we did one, what, like three years ago, I think? Right before you left for Disney World the last time? Yeah. And I think we've talked about our Casey Liss as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we had TJ on, actually. Yeah, it's true. So we've, we've had a few Disney experts on the show. <laughs> so I'm just getting ready to talk about Disney one more time with you. Um, yeah, we'll see how that. When are you uh, going? Is that booked? Uh, Mid-May, it's all booked. Oh wow! And you're staying oh, yeah. on the property? No. Oh, too bad. We're staying in Disney Springs. Okay, but that's pretty much on property almost. Yeah, you yeah, get, yeah. You get transportation. That, no, you're fine. There's a shuttle that gets us in early. Yeah, that's fine. You're you're yeah. basically on the property because staying like at an Airbnb kind of sucks because they have to keep going into Disney World every day. Oh, I is, don't. I don't want to do that. Also, no, no. like we have a chain of of hotels we're like staying at, and we have points, so that works out quite well. Oh, you're in good shape at Disney Springs. So oh, I'm kind of curious, though, if any of our listeners has ever stayed at a Drury Inn. It's our favorite um, hotel chain of choice in the States. Dreary Inn? That sounds Drury, like... Dreary. D-R-U. Oh, okay. I thought you were... R-Y, not Dreary. Do you think my wife would want to stay at something called the Dreary Inn? In Silent Hill, surrounded by <laughs> fog. Sort of related. I was playing a Genesis first-person shooter called Zero Tolerance. Don't ask me why. Okay. And uh, the draw distance was, like, super short, so it constantly felt like I was playing in Silent Hill. First-person shooters on the Genesis, not exactly the best thing. No, though I did recently buy the Quake remaster on Switch for like eight bucks, so I'm going to be playing a little bit of that uh, in the next couple of weeks. I love Quake. Yeah, I never really got into Quake. No, not really a goth guy? No. no. You are a biker dude, though, so that's goth adjacent. I did just play Days Gone on the PlayStation, right? Did you and that's it? that. Yeah, of course I finished it. That was a long game. I don't game. know. The last time we talked about it, you are still playing it. So yeah, no, I finished it, and... Uh, Everybody hated that game for some reason when it came out. And yeah, it's not as good as the other like big name Sony games, but pretty good. It was fine. Really great graphics for a PS4 game turned PS5 game with 60 frames per second. Very good. I'm getting ready to play the original Metal Gear Solid. Ooh, that's going to look I weird. I haven't played that in forever. I'm very excited. So are you playing on the PlayStation? Or a do you PlayStation, have a, sure. Okay, so on, okay. It's not, a, it's not a remake. It's the original. No, exactly, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All fun. thanks to an Xbox Live, uh, an Xbox controller and... Uh, a computer. Pretty good E-M-U-L-A-T-I-O-N. Well, look at you. It's wild to me, and I think we talked about this in the last couple of episodes, but it's wild to me that like 13-year-old me would be so, like 12, 13-year-old me would be so freaked out that we could do this. Well, if you were a biker, you'd have the illegal ROM patch. 
That is very true. You're right. I could have played burnt discs all day long. Yeah. Don't copy that floppy. <laughs> I feel like this is uh, a good place to end episode 222. You know, one third of 666. A monolithic um, episode. Uh, hey, look at you go. All right. With the dad pun that I'm letting you have this time around. I'm not sure fighting title. against it. I am. I am. Yes. Ending it. Right. Um, a little bit of a shorter episode, though. I want to thank everyone who like I got multiple messages from people telling me how much they enjoyed the the last episode we did, which was kind of cool and interesting, especially I'm, the Art Bell stuff. So we're definitely going to be doing uh, more of those. I'm still figuring out the Chupacabra um, element. I think we'll uh, we'll have to do that episode with uh, discussing the Chupacabra movie. No, the Chupa movie, the kids movie, I think. Yeah. I think it's a kids movie. I think it's, it's a kids it's movie, like a, yeah. So. I just saw a poster. That's all I saw. Yeah, me too. We could do a Chupa watch along. Yeah, I'll watch it with the kids. I'm kind of curious to see how they'd feel about that. Yeah. Then show them pictures of animated, uh, like mutilated corpses and go, this is, this is what happens. We'll also have to go watch Super Mario movie. So there, there'll be that. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the new one. The new one, not the original one. That one's terrible. Would you want to show that to your kids? How do you think mm, they would handle it? I think they would cry. At how awful it is? Yeah. I found the perfect movie to show your kids. It's on Tubi, Angelo. Is it a horror movie of people dying or faces of death? What is it? Oh, people are dying on it for sure. Uh, Toxic Adventure 4, Citizen Toxie. Oh, do they have the other ones? I always wanted to see that they movie have one as a kid. Four, yeah. I wanted to see that movie as a kid and never was able to see it. Yeah, so they have one through four. The first one actually, uh, actually like, is a great movie. The second and third kind of, you know, whatever. The fourth one might be the most offensive movie I've ever seen. Oh, it, those are trauma movies, right? Yes, they are trauma, yes. And strangely enough, so, you know, um, we partook in some edibles and watched it. And uh, strangely enough, right after doing that, they uh, announced a 4K um, box set of the four. Oh, wow. Toxic Adventure movies. I heard somewhere that that movie kind of was started because of the toxic waste guy in RoboCop. No. So that was actually pre RoboCop from whatever. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me just double check the, the times on there. Okay. Before I forget, but no. So yeah, that seemed anachronistic to me. Yeah. Cause toxic Avenger was 1984. Okay. Right? So definitely. RoboCop so, was, so RoboCop I think they were just play it was 87. So th- I think they were just playing off of the idea of, you know, how important the issue of toxic waste in the eighties was. That's another thing that disappeared just like the monoliths. Yeah. It also, it, I can't believe this is, I know too much about trauma. I know too much about Lloyd Kaufman. I got to meet him like 10 years ago. It was amazing. So essentially before that, they had done like, uh, like Porky style, like teen comedy movies, like okay. squeeze play. Yeah. And then, uh, with the toxic Avenger, they kind of shifted over into the gross out horror comedy genre. And, uh, they also leased a lot of movies too. Um, apart from that, like, but they also kind of build a lot of universe between that and like Sergeant Kabuki man. Um, NYPD uh, and a, a ton of other um, different movies out there. You're like a scholar on this. Yeah, class of Newcomb High, right? Okay. If that means anything to anyone? Totally nothing to me. Yeah. Uh, the last horror film, though, which was quite good and uh, kind of a weird, stars Joe Spinell. Do you know Joe Spinell, Angelo? Probably no. not. Yeah. Well, I tried. He was known for being in uh, The Godfather, Godfather 2, uh, Cruisin', uh, some of the Rockies. Okay. Um, was yeah, it west of the so rockies <laughs> oh and they also uh terra firmer surf nazis must die Troma's war uh poultry geist which i own on blu-ray uh rabbit grannies redding zombies and that's all that i can think of right now oh tromeo and juliet uh written by james gunn oh well i, I so i think brian's named all the movies now so <laughs> this went from a shorter episode to a longer episode 
I, I mean, not that much longer, right? We're probably clocking in, what, 42, 43 minutes? 45 minutes so far recording. Super long. No, totally fine. All that to say, the Super Mario Brothers movie, it is fine. I'm not the target demo, though I did see it in a packed theater with mostly kids, and it was fun to watch their reactions to everything. Good. Uh, Chris so Pratt, I'm sure, experience. was perfect. After a while, you don't even notice, honestly. Yeah. Like, you're just like, oh, that's okay. Okay, good. Like, I have, I had no animos- animosity the way that other people did when you got announced, right? I was kind of like, okay, well, yeah. what, what, what else do you want, right? Like, how, you know. He's playing the next Batman, according to James Gunn, so. God, I hope not. <laughs> All right, Brian, I think it's time to end this show. Yeah, let's go listen to some Lip Biscuit. Angel, where can people find us? Even though I named it early, I want to see uh, you pay uh, attention. On the internet. There's a form they can fill out at doubledensity.net. Please fill it. We've been enjoying it. Doublenncpodcast.gmail.com. And of course, if you want to, you can always leave us a review over on some kind of podcast store. Any of the podcast platforms would be appreciated. One star to five stars. Yeah, that's. A, I'd love to see our reviews and our listeners give us some positive feedback. Feedback is always good. Positive is always better. <laughs> Angelo, but he'd also accept negative feedback if it was good for him. I think this is a good place to end. I do too. Angelo, I hope you have a nice evening. And uh, let us go ahead and stay forward, stay excited, stay interested as uh, next episode we dive large and deep into not a monolith, but wormholes. And like you love talking about, you know, quicksand, so quicksand, wormholes, all the things that, uh, you know, bring you closer to the earth, not higher up. With mythical dinosaurs. Let's go for that. Exactly. Angelo, I will see you then, my friend. See you then. <laughs>